All right, and we are back. That's right, folks. It's a new year. It's a new era of Star Wars comics. And so we have a new issue of the Star Wars Spinner Rack, a podcast all about those comics from the galaxy far, far away. Now, I know it's been a few months since our last show, but that reason was pretty simple. There weren't any new uh, Star Wars comics released in the last few months to chat about. In this one, it's kind of like a uh, we just went through a dark time, a mini dark time for uh, Star Wars comic readers. But alas, Marvel has changed the game for us. Um, so if you're joining us for the first time, I'm your host, Jake Stevens. And thanks for tuning in to issue number four. In this issue, we'll say goodbye to Dark Horse, we'll chat about Marvel's plans for the future, and always we'll break down and rate the Star Wars comics that have been released, well, in this case, since August 2014. Now, we do have a spoiler policy, but of course, none of that will apply really to the Dark Horse stuff since it was released way back in August, but it will apply to Marvel's newest issue, number one that we will be talking about and spoiling many of the plot points and reveals of the recent issue or release. And so if you have yet to read that book or desire to remain spoiler fee free, now would be a good time to hit pause, head off to the comic book shop, read your books, and join us back here for the rest of the show. Now joining me tonight, as always, is the Host of Galaxy of Toys podcast, Jason. How you doing? I'm well. That's good. I'm a bit tongue-tied tonight, but that's to be expected. What's new, Jason? There's not many toys to look for right now. Yeah, not much. Yeah, I hear you. We are the the post-holiday is not the uh, prime time for hunting down new toys, but uh, we do have a new era of comic books, which we'll be discussing later on today. Um, Joining us also would be our friend Ryan. How are we doing, Ryan? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. It's kind of dark where I'm at, but uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> and why is it dark, Ryan? Uh, I'm out of power right now. I'm actually podcasting by candlelight here. <laughs> um, is that a first or is that your tradition? Uh, this is a first for me. I actually had to go find the candles and everything. I did, I did uh, in true geek fashion, grab a lightsaber to find my way around my apartment, though. So. Very nice. Very nice. Well, yeah, we had a pretty good windstorm last night, so that is to be expected. Now, uh, before we get into our comics that we're going to look at and rate and briefly discuss the last of Dark Horse's releases, Jason, did you ever get around to reading Rebel Heist number four? I read it about an hour ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did you go throw up afterward? You know, it wasn't quite as bad. As I thought it was going to be, I think I really didn't like the first three, but um, I think taking a rest from it for four months or whatever um, made it a little bit fresher. Um, it was fine. It wasn't. It wasn't god awful. Um, <laughs> so I didn't hate it as much as I was expecting to. Now, was the uh, the payoff, the actual heist, uh, did that? Was that something you were expecting, or were you happy to see that it was something that applied I, to the films? I didn't even know that this was... I mean, besides the title of Heist, I didn't really think about the title much. Um, they got the little shield generators at the end. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, or Endor. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, uh, Hoth, Hoth. Yeah. Yeah, that was fine. It just... <laughs> you know, I struggled to find something good about this series, and it feels like I'm being mean to the author, but I'm not. It just wasn't a very... <clears throat> Star Wars-esque comic, in my opinion. So, But that was uh, the first title to end for Dark Horse. That ended in July. Yeah. We're going to be looking at... What's that? Oh, yeah. One thing I want to mention, the last page has a uh, hammerhead in it, and it looks like he's dressed like the uh, Kenner hammerhead with I, the... I with the blue uh, pajama, the blue whatever swimsuit or pajamas or whatever the heck that thing is, the blue granny swimsuit. Yeah, it looks like they're kind of going for that. I agree with you completely, and actually, I've been uh, slowly working on uh, Kenner cameos in mm. different media, and I did put that on the list as that's pretty. Sh I'm pretty sure that's a nod to the vintage Kenner yeah. toy hammerhead because so, I think that's the highlight of the whole series. <laughs> I'd just agree. seeing that. <laughs> I would agree. It's <laughs> it's not my favorite that Dark Horse put out over there. Run. Now, uh, we're going to jump to the books that were released in August. We'll 
discuss them briefly because, um, of course, they've probably been talked about and chatted about uh, already since they're about six months old at this point. Uh, we do have a rating system here. We have the Death Star rating system, and how it works is uh, we'll each give it a rating. You can give it one Death Star, which represents the Death Star plans as they need to go back and like replan the series. You can give it two Death Stars, which means yeah, it's it's unfinished yet it's protected by an energy moon, so it's not bad, but it's not great. Um, and then three Death Stars would be a complete and fully functional story. So we're going to start with Star Wars number 20. This was released on August 13th. And the solicitation going into this book was Leia risks it all for a friend she hasn't seen since childhood. Han, Luke, Chewie risk it all for Leia. This is the story that, you know, kind of said farewell to the characters that we, uh, know and love from the original trilogy. I'm going to go to you, Ryan. This uh, story, did it end better than it began? Uh, I didn't read this. Oh, you didn't read this one, Star Wars yeah, 20. Yeah, I, I never read the, the Star Wars line because I hadn't been into that for a year, so I, I just kind of skipped out on those. Gotcha. Jason, what do you think? Uh, Star Wars number 20? Yeah. Um... <clears throat> Leia goes after her childhood friend. Yeah, I thought it was... I thought the last issue was fine. It ended on not too serious of a note, which I thought was good. Um, I did not like the series from the beginning. Um, I didn't like the black X-Wings. I didn't like Leia being the 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 ace fighter pilot. Uh, the series just didn't do much for me. So I think, actually, this one ended a little better than most because it didn't... Um, they didn't even try to do some big glorious ending, which I think was smart. Yeah, you know, it too kind of ended with the same concept as Rebel Heist, that uh, the, the person or thing they were searching for had a secret or had a plan of some sort. And in this case, the plan simply was a list of uh, planets that uh, the Empire had explored but found that they didn't really care about. And they didn't even specify that it was maybe... Hoth or, you know, it didn't seem to really tie into the movies. It was a really vague ending. So I felt like the payoff wasn't that great since it didn't refer to anything uh, that we had known before. Kind of like the Rebel Heist. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I just it, I hate the way they drew Luke Han and Leia in this series altogether, though. So the art yeah, that was Carlos <laughs> Dianda. And yeah, I'm yeah. sure he's a great artist. Just this didn't work for me with Star Wars. Sure. Sure, and I think we all are in agreement. I think we've talked about it before. We felt like these final, this final run of Dark yeah. Horse stuff. I kind of swore been... Ryan was reading this because he liked this better than I did for the most part. No, this was just the regular Star Wars series, wasn't it? I thought yeah. this was the one you actually championed. The one that Jake this and is... I... Jake yeah, and this I... is the yeah. one with Vader. Yeah. The one with the black, like... black X-Wings and Leia in the black flight suit. Oh! Oh, that series, that's right. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking of, of Star Wars, the other series. Oh, Legacy. Right. You're probably thinking of Legacy. Yeah, 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 one. yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's been a while. I haven't read those for several months. Oh, yeah. It's been six months. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, see, and you can see, though, right there, it tells you how impactful the storyline was. Because, Ryan, you probably read this back in August. You went, eh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, spoiler alert. If you didn't listen to Galaxy of Toys, I rated the last Dark Horse comics as the worst toy of the year. So. <laughs> Uh, oh, really? Poor funny. Dark Horse. I know. Seriously. So, uh, Jason, if you had to give this uh, issue a rating, what would you go with it? I'll give it one Death Star. Ooh, one. Um, I'll probably go there with you. And, Ryan, we're going to assume you're going to give it a one since it has no recollection in your mind. <laughs> I was going to give it an incomplete Death Star. There you go. <laughs> yeah. The, the framework you see at the end of Episode 3. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that, what do we call that? A half. We'll give that a half yeah. Death Star. Quarter Death Star. There's something there, but it ain't functional. Oh, yeah. The, the, the series took off. I mean, it was highly anticipated. Dark Horse really started to, you know, hype this up. Brian Wood's Star Wars. And then they got the word that they were losing the license. And I think everyone just kind of went, oh, well, I'll get through these 20 issues and I can go do other work that will mean something. All right, moving on. 
second issue to come out in the month of August was Darth Maul, Son of Dathomir, number four. This came out on August 20th. And here, of course, these uh, four issues are part of what is now deemed you know, canonical. The new uh, Star Wars story group over at Lucasfilm has deemed these as part of the official Star Wars universe. So these do matter. No matter if it was Dark Horse, it's still transferring on to continuity. <laughs> and in this episode, you see Dooku possessed by the spirit of Mother Talzin. You see Darth Maul's shadow collective be smashed and shattered. The Separatists attack, and Darth Sidious himself enters the fight. And of course, these are based on episodes of season six of the Clone Wars that was not produced. Jason, at the end of this, Darth Maul is alive. So the question I ask what was the point of this series? This was just a, hey, look, it's Darth Maul. Buy the comic because you like Darth Maul. I don't know. I This this series did nothing. Nothing happened. Wait, I shouldn't say nothing happened. Um, nothing significant happened to Darth Maul, which I thought they kind of marketed it that way. Like, you know, learn the secret of Darth Maul's return and all this stuff. And all hype, no substance. Um, I, I, if they were going to do something like this, they should have done something substantial with his, his character move the plot, but basically nothing. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, uh, we started it with Darth Maul escaping a prison and we ended it with Darth Maul escaping into who knows where. Mm -hmm. And we could have, yeah, we had one character death. In between all of that, and not a lot else. I guess he lost some of his support of the Shadow Collective, but you know, he 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 reclaimed it after he escaped prison, and so uh, you know he he maybe goes back and reclaims again. I don't know. Ryan, thoughts on what could be next for Darth Maul's character in continuity? Uh, they go back and say this was all Obi-Wan's bad dream, and he really was sliced and killed in episode one. <laughs> Ooh. I, I think Darth Maul is one of the only prequel characters that that people um, still kind of like and, and want to know more about. And I think they just didn't want to kill him because they probably have more plans for Darth Maul. Maybe a, a movie or a animated or something i just think they they were not ready to let go of darth maul yeah you know i can understand that like i've always said darth maul is not my favorite character i understand he's many people's favorite cool they, they like him whatever um and you know honestly i liked the darth maul character within the clone wars but with the ending to this comic there was absolutely no point to this comic it nothing happened it was like they gave us four issues that we we bought and read a story on it, it started out like it looked pretty good but nothing happened in this. There was, there was so many ways they could have gone. They could have had Maul going to work with Sidious in some other way. They could have Maul going way out away from everybody doing his own thing. They could have him go into hiding, something like that, rather than basically give us practically the same ending we had with his last episode of The Clone Wars. Which is interesting because this essentially was going to be an episode of The Clone Wars, and it's weird that they would tell a story that... You know, I, I would say this story did two things. We saw the death of Mother Talzin, although it seems like she had died a couple times throughout the Clone Wars series, but was able to find a way to come back, possess, or live inside Darth Maul, or what have you. But here it looked like she was finally ended by Sidious and Dooku, which was a great scene. I do, I did like that scene. It's not like. This, there may not have been a lot of advancing a plot, but man, there was some cool, great visuals in this. I love the shot when it's uh, Dooku, Grievous, Towson, Maul. This is kind of a, all free for all, and then they um, they show Grievous kind of walk through all the Force energy. Now, what do you guys think about that? I, can 
I've always thought it's part of the reason Vader died is because he like got caught up in some of that explosion when the Emperor and the Force energy came up through the reactor shaft, kind of shorted out his electronics. Yet we see here Grievous walk through like hardcore Sith lightning, just like nothing. Any thoughts um, on that? Why he would be able to do that? Yet it seems like that's the very thing that may have ended Vader. Well, Vader wasn't really all that healthy when he got killed at the end. He had all those lung problems and stuff. So I just, who knows? Maybe he just lost the will to live like Padme. Two things I think I've this story did. I lost the will to live. But Father, medically, you're fine. I can't go on. Tell your sister you were right. No, yo, I, I'm looking at your chest box. It's fine. You're fine. No, I'm going now. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we saw the death of Talzin, and I think the last thing is we have uh, we saw Maul lose his support. Now, I'm not sure if this character would be back, honestly, in continuity. I think it'll be, my prediction would be it'd be a long time because there was the very last line of this that Sidious has. He says, Count's apologizing for letting Maul escape again, and he says, no, Count, everything happened as foreseen. This was a difficult piece to maneuver, but now it is in place. Maul's future has been erased, while ours is more certain than it has ever been. And I feel right there is, I feel like that line, his future has been erased, is pretty much where they're going to go. I mean, they're just, he he's insignificant now forever. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's the character we see with the funky lightsaber in episode seven. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's goes by the name Kaibo Ren now. All right. Awesome. There you go. And that's actually his, uh, double bladed lightsaber. He just attached it to, uh, a normal lightsaber and it just got the... some holes in it. And, you know, it just doesn't work quite as well anymore. But, Oh, the outrage that would happen. <laughs> um, let's rate this baby. Uh, Death Star rating, one, two, or three. Ryan, we'll start with you. What'd you think? Uh, I would go with the hologram of the Death Star that we see in episode two. <laughs> that bad, huh? You're not, yeah. you're, okay, okay. Uh, Jason, where are you at? I'll give it one Death Star. One Death Star, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go two Death Stars. I still thought there was some really cool, like I said, like the battle in there was cool. I enjoyed the art. Um, Maul showed a lot of emotion in it, which they portrayed, which is really different from his character in The Phantom Menace, but uh, I didn't mind it. And so I'm going two Death Stars. I wish there was a more of a payoff at the end. I would have probably enjoyed it more if he died, not because I hate him, just because that would have been, okay, there was a purpose to this story, so... So we got zero, one, and two. <laughs> Dark Horse's odds are not good here at the end. <clears throat> Third and final book that Dark Horse put out was Legacy number 18. And that's was released on August 27th. And this, of course, is... To me, this is Dark Horse's legacy book. This is a continuation. I mean, it's more, you know, not just because of the name, but because... These have the characters and the storylines that have followed Dark Horse since they started this kind of storyline in what, the late 90s, I think it was. They really pushed hard with like a lot of prequel storylines that then turned into uh, the Republic storylines and then into the Empire and then even into the Legacy series. So this has spanned a lot of time, both in real life, Earth years, and a lot of time throughout the actual Star Wars galaxy as it started in the prequel era and it ends, what, 130-some years into the future. So this is an important book, but was this issue representative of it? And in this issue, which stars uh, Anaya Solo, a descendant of Han, we assume, and her friends find themselves fighting alongside the Imperial Knights and the Empress herself against the Legion of Sith. And while others fight 
for control of the galaxy. Anaya fights Ania. Anaya, don't know, <laughs> fights to save her friend, the Imperial Knight Jao Asam, who has been enslaved by the dark side. So here we kind of see the end of the Sith Order, essentially, is what happens by the end of the book. You see the one Sith are destroyed by the Jedi, and you see Anaya Solo at the end snipe and take out the Sith Lord who has been behind this newest war in the galaxy. Pretty complex book. It's got a gritty tone. Ryan, I know you're not reading this series just never got into it. Jason, what were your thoughts on the final, final legacy of I, Dark Horse? I liked this series quite a bit. Um, this issue, no exception. My, I think my problem with this issue was that didn't two characters get stabbed with <laughs> lightsabers and both of them survived? The Empress takes a blade pretty, pretty, like... Pretty on par with what Qui Gon got. And yeah, and doesn't the uh, and so Joe. does and so does yeah, so does the uh, one of the Imperial Knights. Yeah, and there's there's still and they I mean they pretty graphically show they get stabbed right through their torsos I think, and the fact that both of them are still fine uh, seemed kind of weird to me. Just uh, usually when that happens to a character in Star Wars, it means they're dead. Sure. Sure, uh, rightfully so. You but, need to. Yeah. You can't treat these characters like a Superman. Yeah. Then it... Unless they're Darth Maul, apparently. Yeah. Well, they didn't get sliced in half. They just got <laughs> impaled. Um, so I thought that was kind of strange, especially since it happened twice in one issue. Um, aside from that, though, I love this is a great. This is a great way to end. This is a great way to go out. I guess if this is the final Dark Horse issue, this was. Um, this was pretty fitting. I liked it. I'll tell you, this second volume of Legacy starring Anaya was not, to me overall, wasn't as powerful as the first volume which starred Cade Skywalker. Really got behind that. I loved all the different factions. This is spun out of that, of course, but mm -hmm. uh, Cade was a better character for me. Um, it was promised that he would have an appearance in this story and I kept waiting for it in this volume second volume series I kept waiting for it and man that that was a big letdown for me since he was simply in one panel on the very last page and never even interacted with Anaya yeah so that was kind of a that was a letdown for me personally because I was waiting for him waiting for him but I'm sure they probably had additional plans that they had to stop due to mm -hmm. the changing of the publisher so Mm -hmm. Were the ending to Dark Horse's legacy? Eh, I, I don't know if I'd go there. I do like the art in it. It's pretty gritty. It's it's not clean like uh, you'd find in a lot of superhero comics. It's definitely got some uh, style and some color to it, which I really liked. So, uh, props to the art and the colors, which would be uh, Brian Albert. Uh, ties and Jordan Boyd on that one. But let's give it a rating. Uh, Jason, how many Death Stars for the final, final chapter of Dark Horse? I'll give it um, two and a half. Two and a half, oh, okay. Yeah, if they wouldn't have uh, put the lightsaber blades through two of the main characters and they had been just fine, just needed a little back to tank or whatever, I would have yeah. given it three. But it's kind of uh, just... Uh, I don't know. So, two and a half. Still liked it a lot. <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and give it one and a half Death Stars. Um, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't my favorite. I, I wasn't as... I didn't think the Sith um, storyline was as motivating for the reason he was trying to start this war. He wanted revenge. He wanted the Sith to be taken out. I know it's a great concept, but I don't think it was pulled off quite as well in the story. So... I'm going one and a half Death Stars for Legacy number 18. And that, ladies and gentlemen, ended Dark Horse's run. We then entered into a void of Star Wars comics from late August all the way up till <clears throat> from the time of this recording. Last week, last week we entered into our third era of Star Wars comics with Marvel 
retaking the license and putting out just a couple issues of Star Wars number one. <laughs> now, they uh, have been hyping this for a long, long time since they announced that uh, Marvel would be getting the license and Star Wars announced that Marvel was uh, publishing again. And one of the things they did is they had comic book shops around the country had launch party. And at the launch party, you can go there and, of course, pick up Star Wars number one and X amount of cover variants. But they also had a free lithiograph uh, of... Shoot, uh, and it just escaped me who did the lithio or the the free copy. But they had a free copy, which was available for those picking up the comic, as well as three different buttons that you can pick, which were Princess Leia, Darth Vader, and Star Wars. So that was very fun to go ahead and do that, get something bonus. They called it the Welcome Home Parties. As I said, there was just a couple variants available at comic book shops. I think there was like 12 that some comic book shops had access to. But we, <laughs> if you've been following this on Twitter or Facebook, you would know that Star Wars number one shot up through over a hundred different variant comics, uh, variant covers that different comic book shops and companies had exclusive rights to. So let's go ahead and chat about that real quick. Jason, how many covers did you end up buying? I just picked up one. One. And which just, one was it? Just the standard, just the uh, standard uh, uh, issue one with the, I don't know. There's so many. Just the um, one with Luke in his yellow jacket from mm -hmm. the end of A New Hope on the front. You bet. With Han and Chewie to his, um, on the left side of the, of the uh, photo and uh, not photo artwork is uh, yeah. Hunt, yeah Leia 3PO and uh, R2 on his other side with the uh, three X-Wings and the four TIE fighters above him. So that would be the basic. That would be the uh, original release. That's done by the actual series author Cassidy. And uh, Ryan, how many covers have you picked up? One. One. Okay. Yep. Same, Same one? one as Jason. All right. <laughs> I may pick up the EMP one next time I'm down there just because it's a local thing. But, you know, honestly, when I looked at there were some cool covers out there that I was tempted by, like the action figure ones uh, and stuff like that. But I came down to them like, these are comics that I'm going to put away in a box. Uh, you know, I don't really collect comics. I like to read them. I like to read them for the stories. But there's not much of a reason for me to go after these variants, especially when I went to the comic shop and I found out that, the variants were more expensive and i i don't know i'm not a comic collector so i didn't know variants were more expensive i thought they were just variants put out same price and you were lucky to get one if you could but when i found they're expensive i'm like well forget that i just want to read the story so i just went with the regular one and i'm happy with that oh yeah the uh variants the variants varied uh depending on which cover you wanted on price wise of course i know that my comic book shop had a couple sketch covers of alex uh ross's who did a fantastic one tribute to the original star wars uh number one and it was going for just shy of 180 dollars uh most of them were in the range of 15 to 20 for some nicer ones i ended up picking up the basic one the white one of course and I got the comic book uh, Kenner vintage one, of course, because that was the thing. I'm really into that idea of uh, doing the action figure covers. I wanted the Jackson one, but my comic book shop actually got shorted their order. And so they were overnighting them. So I think I had one put in my box for the next time I go in. So I would like the Jackson one. Uh, I have tickets to the EMPs, uh, Star Wars Smithsonian uh, costume exhibit which opens later this month and so i expect that i'll be picking up one of them uh, one of emp's exclusive ones here in seattle and i didn't know that my loot crate was still going i thought i had i thought i only did a three-month subscription but maybe i did six but anyway i got news that my loot crate was coming and then i've heard recently that loot crate has an exclusive cover as well so it looks like whether I want to or not, I'll be uh, collecting more of these over time. Now, did you guys have a favorite? Ryan, you said you liked the action figure uh, cover. Was there any others that really stood out for you? Well, when I said the action figure, there was the, the carded art ones that we saw mm -hmm. where it looks like the Kenner uh, art. 
or kind of like a Kenner card back. Uh, it's not the same pictures. But then there was the, the previews exclusive that had the um, the Black Series 6-inch action figures on. I really like that one. If I was going to pick up another one, that would probably be it. Agreed. I want that one really bad. My comic book shop didn't have that one, so I hope to find it sometime soon. Jason, how about you? I would have liked to have picked up the uh, Alex Ross cover. I think that was my favorite. But um, once I found out it was $75, um, you know, I'm not going to pay more than than the uh, price on the comic, which is uh, $4.99. I'm just not going to pay more for variants. In the past, comics have had variants, but they're the same price usually. And you just kind of, you know, find which one you want or get them both. But uh, I think it really discourages trying to get them all when they're also highly, highly priced. I think this is really going to turn off people who are completist, who are variant completists, because... Trying to collect, you know, a hundred or so variants is crazy enough. But if you have to factor in the extra cost of all of those variants costing more, it's just, um, I think it really, this is really gonna put an end almost to the variant uh, completist. Oh, absolutely! Really great website, our uh, really great page on Facebook is uh, my friend Carlos. He runs Star Wars Comics page on Facebook. And it has been like a full-time job of his to like try to figure out and track down and catalog and uh, track how many exclusive covers have been coming out over the last week since the uh, issue has been released. So if you want a pretty good breakdown, he's doing a great job, although it's, you know, it seems like there's more every day. Check out Star Wars Comics on Facebook. And also uh, Jovial J. Uh, has a great breakdown as well over at Rebel Scrum, Rebel Scum's uh, Jedi Journals is a good place to take a look at those. All right, so uh, yeah, no matter what cover you picked up, the story is the same each time. The story starts off with uh, Han Solo posing as a liaison with uh, for Jabba the Hutt. He's trying to infiltrate a uh, Imperial factory with the help of Luke and Leia in the uh, Lando skiff guard design. We have Chewbacca set up as a sniper outside. Cool things happen from there, in my opinion. Uh, Luke discovers there's slaves at this installation that they want to blow up, and so he attempts to release them. We also see uh, Darth, Va Darth Vader arrives, because he's actually going to be the negotiator. Little do Han, Luke, or Leia know. And so... Chewie decides to uh, take the shot at Leia's request to try to snipe uh, Darth Vader. Some very cool stuff. It ends in a confrontation between Luke and Vader with sabers drawn. Jason, what did you think of Star Wars number one? I was really happy with it. I thought uh, I thought it was an excellent start for Marvel. Um, way better than I thought it was going to be. I was uh, honestly expecting something along the line of what we were getting with uh, the the uh, Brian Wood Star Wars. Um, it was Brian Wood, right? Who was doing it for Dark yep. Horse? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was going to be something like that, which I wasn't too excited about. When I first heard that the first issue of Marvel Star Wars was just going to take place between Episode 4 and 5, I thought that's really kind of boring and they've done that and why are they doing this again um why don't they try to come up with something a little more exciting than that time period but i think it really worked and um i'm, I'm surprised so no, i i i agree with you and i remember having that conversation that we were like oh man this is an era that's been retread tons of times in comics of recent past how could this be cool and, uh, all right, it sounds like they did it for you. Ryan, what'd you think? Uh, I love this, uh, love this comic. Right away, when we see the, the ship that they're coming in on to do this negotiation, and it kind of looks like the sail barge, only it's a, a spacefaring ship, uh, right away, I was like, oh, this is cool. Then we see Han coming out with, you know, two people on either side that look like the Lando Skiff Guard. And, and I didn't realize it was Luke and Leia to begin with, but I was like, oh, well, this is cool. I wonder who those are, people are, you know, and... And as it went in, it, it just did such a good job of getting started. Um, we see the characters kind of where they should be after Star Wars, in my opinion. 
Uh, it was quite exciting. And we even get, you know, when you talked about it at the end where Luke is coming down and, and facing, um, getting ready to face Darth Vader, like he's hearing from Obi-Wan Kenobi at the same time. And, and he's like, yeah, I need to face the man who killed my father and you. And Ben says, look, Luke, listen careful to me. Run. And I was like, whoa, you know, and then you see Vader coming at him. And it's like, wow, I, I can't wait to see where this goes. We also ended with uh, Leia and Han coming up to looking at some um, AT-ATs to be able to escape with. Uh, just lots of good drops of technology and things that we've seen before. Good characterizations. I, I really like the, the direction that this is headed in already. I'm going to mirror what you guys have said. I thought this was a sound sound beginning for Marvel. I was really happy with the storyline. The thing that sticks out to me the most, I believe, is the banter, is the characterizations. I feel like they nailed 3PO. He just kept chatting. I feel like they nailed Han and Leia's banter. Uh, I just thought it worked really well. It felt like Star Wars to me, and that is the number one thing I need. I need... I need it to feel like I'm listening to the characters I grew up with, and this guy has done, Jason Aaron has done a great job capturing that for me. Did you guys notice that there was the Episode 7 cameo in here? Uh, oh, who's that? I did not notice this. They have Henson, which some have nicknamed, that character uh, that showed up in... The Force for Change, J.J. Abrams trailer, the first one where he's kind of in that little marketplace, what looks like Tatooine. And that, oh, the little dark crystal looking guy. Yeah, the like, little muppeteered character walks through. Um, if you I notice that completely. Yeah, if you notice that, he is one of, or his species, I mean, it looks just like him. I would just say he until we know more about him or that species. But he's one of the prisoners there that Luke says, follow me when he releases can see him down on the lower left of the prison cell uh, i thought it was a cool use of well if you're old school you'll say zuckus if you're new generation you'll say forlom but he was there to identify for the empire that han was han and i thought it was a nice use of uh, a bounty hunter droid also being kind of like a working kind of as a protocol if you will for the empire we haven't seen him pop up very much in expanded universe and right out the bat they're Pulling in a character we know that will show up again in Empire Strikes Back. I really enjoyed this book, and I'm looking forward to where it's going. I am very much feel like they've captured Star Wars, and I hope they can continue to capture that for a long, long time. This is an ongoing series, so there is technically no end in sight. They could transition all the way up to Empire and then through Jedi, just like the original Marvel series did. That would be fantastic to see. All right. Did it live up to the 1 million copy hype? In my opinion, yes, it did. I'll start out saying three Death Stars, Marvel, fantastic job. Complete, fully functional. You can't argue when Vader force levitates stormtroopers to use them as shields as Chewbacca is trying to snipe you from a tower come on that's gold ryan how many death stars uh three i loved this i thought it was fantastic i can't wait to see where it goes and even the previews they showed in the end for the vader and the princess leia comics i'm really looking forward to those too jason you know i hope people weren't turned um weren't discouraged because of all the variants in hoopla and didn't just say uh i'm just gonna avoid this because it's looks too crazy um i would give this three death stars and i would say just go find a copy of it don't worry about any of the variants just get whatever one you can find i would say cheapest or even get the digital digital download if you can very cool that's uh that might be a first first time we've ever <laughs> given a three three star rating and like, um, and like and like Ryan said, the uh, preview for the uh, Darth Vader comic is in the Leia comic too, I suppose, but more so for me, the Darth Vader, Vader comic looks great. Now, what I was excited about in looking at the previews that were in the back of the Star Wars uh, number one was that I could see the tie-in with this book. I could see a potential like they're building a universe, a comic universe mm -hmm. for this storyline because the. 
I think I saw it on StarWars.com. No, scratch that. Marvel.com had a little trailer for Star Wars number one where they had um, either Cassidy or Aaron or maybe both on there talking about it. And they say that this picks up uh, days or even a week or two after A New Hope. Well, it looks like from the Princess Leia comic that that's picking up right from the end of A New Hope. And if I'm, I might be trying to draw too, I might be trying to connect the dots too much, but is there a chance that Vader is seen talking to Jabba because of this transaction here? That's because, a possibility. Yeah. If, if so, these are, these might be very tightly, you know, and Marvel has a history of doing that. I mean, I've been an mm-hmm. X-Men reader for years, and whatever happens in Uncanny, X-Men will show up in just X-Men or Amazing X-Men or all new X-Men, you know. So they definitely, each month, they're intertwined quite a bit. Yeah. Same thing with the Avengers. Yeah, and seeing uh, Darth, this on this preview for Darth Vader number one, seeing Darth Vader um, uh, um, standing in front of Jabba, it reminds me of the uh, the Clone Wars uh theatrical movie from mm-hmm. from 2011 no 20 oh 2008 eight, actually wow eight, yeah. yeah it's been a while <laughs> um where anakin was in the exact same position um I, so that's kind of cool he, that's kind of cool i think yep and we know he's been there before he's even stuck a saber out at java so this is uh it's very that to me is very star wars you know of course you're mirroring you're mirroring things that have happened it's all cyclical you know so i support that completely i'm excited and we don't have to wait too long because in february we're getting two issues of darth vader we're getting one and two so we're going to see this story play out pretty uh uh hopefully pretty well over the next month now, before we get into what's coming up next time on Spinner Rack, let's talk about a few odds and ends. Um, since we've spoke last, it looks like Star Wars Magazine, which always has a couple little comics in it, has been canceled by Titan Comics. I think they canceled it with issue number three. I'm still trying to get full confirmation of that, but I did know it's been canceled over in the UK, and that's typically where... Uh, you know, that's where Titan's located, so I assume that's going to be the same for the U.S. So it looks like Star Wars Magazine, which used to be Star Wars Clone Wars Magazine, has been canceled. So probably won't be seeing those little comic strips coming up unless the rumor that Rebels is becoming a magazine with comics mm-hmm. in it that I heard uh, didn't sound like Titan was doing it. From what I heard, it was uh, French or a, uh, another European country was publishing a Star Wars Rebels uh, magazine that include comics. Jason, have you heard anything about that? Yeah, I did hear. I did see something on the, about the rumor of the Rebels magazine coming, and I think I might have even seen a a cover for it. But okay, but I, I don't think anything's been confirmed yet. No, and I know Titan is really. Yeah, I've I personally have had difficulty trying to get information, especially from their website from Titan. So. Um, I'm not clear on that yet. Could, could this mean that they're, uh, well, is the insider still locked up with Titan? Yep. Yeah. I'd be interesting to know how long that deal is mm. scheduled for, whether they have it, you know, especially with the new era of movies coming out. I wonder if they've locked down a deal for a long time or if we can see it going somewhere else. Uh, speaking of insider, the most recent issue is 155. That's out and stands now, and it has a uh, article about the uh, Marvel adoption and what you can expect coming in January, and then later on with uh, um, Leia and Vader stories. So you might want to check that out if you want to read a little bit more about that. And another odd and end in October, which I know has been a couple months now. Uh, Mad Magazine had a pretty cool. Uh, Star Wars, I kind of consider that a comic since it's always kind of been uh, shipped in home, always has a home next to the comic book stands, at least when I grew up in the spinner rack in my local 7-Eleven. They had a, what has Luke Skywalker been up to for the last 30 years? And it has, it's a huge infogram, uh, like a info chart that's got lots of fun little comics and storylines about him doing everything from, uh, 
he drunkenly agrees to perform in a dinner theater re- uh, recreation of the Ewok celebration at the end of Return of the Jedi. So you never know. It's got some pretty funny stuff in it. Uh, so you might want to check that out if you missed that. But what's coming up on Spinarak? As we said, in February we get not one, but two issues of Darth Vader, plus Star Wars number two will be out. In March, we see the beginning of Princess Leia, and that's going to be a miniseries. That's not going to be an ongoing like the Vader and Star Wars, but that will be a miniseries, and number one will launch in March. In April, we see another ongoing series. It's called Kanan, the Last Padawan. Excuse me. It is about uh, Kanan from Star Wars Rebels, about his time, uh, I think, surviving Order 66. So you're going to see this is the first time we see uh, Marvel Comics start to explore a different era of the Star Wars universe. So I'm looking forward to that. And Greg Wiseman, who is the writer on the show for first season of Star Wars Rebels, will be writing the first five issues. So that'll be interesting. Are you looking forward? Which one of those, uh, Jason, are you looking forward to the most? Darth Vader, Princess Leia, or Kanan? Um, I'd probably have to go with uh, Darth Vader. Um, I'm curious about Princess Leia and... Uh, um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Kanan on Rebels. He's probably my least favorite character on the show. Um, it's a tie between Kanan and Ezra for my least favorite. So uh, hopefully they can make it interesting, I guess. <laughs> Ryan, this might be a loaded question. Princess Leia, Kanan, or Darth Vader? Which one do you look forward to the most? Oh, I'm totally looking forward to Kanan. I mean, I would, I, I'm surprised anybody would, would think any different than uh, No, definitely Darth Vader. Um, yeah, I'm, being the huge Vader fan, that, that's the, the number one thing I'm looking forward to. Very cool. I think I'm going to throw my money behind Kanan. I like the idea. I like the prequel era comics. I really do. They were, they were fun. I like the Republic um, era. And so I'm interested to see what they're going to do with that. Now we have... Um, Last few things before we sign off for the night. There are some collections. Marvel has decided to reprint some uh, old Marvel comic omnibuses and some Dark Horse material. And actually, they've already released their first one. We uh, It was released last week. It was called the Original Marvel Years Omnibus. We have discussed this on the show. We broke down the prices previously. We decided this wasn't worth rebuying. This is, of course, the retelling of... Not the, the sorry, not the retelling, the re-releasing of Marvel's original run. Um, one thing though I thought was worth noting is that uh, Hildebrandt did the cover, did a variant cover for comic book shops, and on that cover he clearly used a Kenner Falcon toy as his reference material. It's very distinct. It's kind of like he did the same thing when he did Shadows of the Empire card set for Tops. He used all the old Kenner toys for his models. So it was fun seeing Slave One and Falcon and other vehicles there. Toys in now comic and card form. But one of their next ones coming up in April is going to be a... uh, They're calling it Legends. Of course, we know that's the new name for Expanded Universe. It's called the Star Wars Legends Epic Collection. And the first one they're releasing is The Empire. So that's going to tell some stories that uh, took place after the prequel trilogy. So stories like uh, Purge, where Darth Vader hunts down the Jedi Knights. We can be expecting to see one of those. We also are expecting to see one. Jason, you were telling me it was the New Republic, right? And the Mm -hmm. Old Republic. I think they're doing some of those titles from Dark Horse. They explored those concepts. Now these, of course, will be a pass for me, probably you guys as well, since we have probably most of those issues already. Is there any of those you want to pick up, Jason, so far? No, I I have. I probably have every... I shouldn't say I have every issue already, but I have nearly every Dark Horse issue. So if I was going to fill in... If I was going to you know buy any comics from that era, I'd just try to maybe find the few issues that I was missing from the original run, but I'm not going to buy any uh, reprints. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Ryan, you the same? No, no nothing I'm looking to buy there, no. Perfect. And then the last thing is something I will buy. I think it's, I like the idea, but I know it's very controversial. I know a lot of people 
don't like the idea, but they are releasing Marvel's first six issues of Star Wars. Star Wars Episode One: A New Hope original graphic novel. Now, what's the controversial thing about it? Well, it is the story that was written by Roy Thomas and illustrated originally by Howard Chaikin. This time, they used new modern age coloring to update it. So it's going to look more in coloring like a modern piece of comic book. So that is something that I will be picking up. Jason, any desire? How much is it? That's what I want to know. Hmm, good question. I don't have that. It's, is it the six? It's six issues. Now, Marvel is known for overpricing yeah. their graphic novels, so you got to be careful with that. So I expect it to be a little more. But yes, it's the original six issues. It's the yeah. New Hope storyline. Yeah, I probably will pass because I, I have all the originals. But I'm a little curious about it, but um, probably not something I need. Uh, does, does Marvel do that with their other titles, too? Like, do they often go back to old old comics they've done and update the uh, the colorings? I'll tell you what they've done uh, in the past. is like they'll have a anniversary issue come out. So like let's say Spider-Man hits Spider-Man 500. Well, Spider-Man 500 will have, you know, the story that follows Spider-Man 499. And then in the back of the comic, it'll be a double or a triple size comic. They'll have like Spider-Man's first appearance and they'll recolor it. Mm. So it's the old story. It's the old art, but new coloring. They did that with Captain America. They'll do these special issues where they've uh, remastered the coloring. So it okay. is something that they've done. Um, I'm sure they've probably done other graphic novels entirely, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this. I think this will be fun. It's a new way to look at Star Wars, the original Star Wars number one. Ryan, does this interest you at all? Um, I guess I'm on the outside of like, I don't know, I never really read the old Marvel comics, so it's not something that I, I pine for. When I looked at the comparison artwork of, of what they're doing new as compared to what it looks like old, I thought what they're doing new makes it kind of tie into the films better, like the coloring looks a lot more like the films, mm -hmm. but it's probably not something I'm going to pick up. All right, well, there you have it. You guys can read mine if you don't end up picking it up. When it comes out, that's in May. Well, that'll do it for this uh, issue of the Star Wars Spinner Rack. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, you can listen to us on Stitcher Smart Radio, iTunes, or even check us out on the uh, Podbean page. Find us on social media if you haven't already, Facebook and Twitter. You can contact us at galaxyatoys at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments or something you'd like to see us cover in the show, until next month, may the Force and the funny books be with you.